the children of the Force. Welcome to episode 172 of Children of the Force, a podcast about Star Wars by one adult and his two kids. I'm Al Nowatsky, the adult. I'm Anna, and I'm 14. I'm Liam, and I'm 11. I was going to say I'm 9, but I'm not 9. No, I'm 11. You're not, you're 11. <laughs> no, and, I'm uh, Liam, and I'm 9. That just sounds... Right. Right. Mm. It does. Did we, well, it's because we recorded a lot of episodes when he was 9. Probably more probably. than any other year. Maybe. Yeah, so we're back. Uh, last episode, last week, we did the Zoom Where It Happens, which was pretty fun. Uh, I think it was a success. It sounds mm-hmm. pretty good. Um, Ten other kids, including you, so 12 kids total on that podcast. Uh, wow. And uh, a lot of uh, a lot of different uh, audio qualities coming over Zoom. That, that can be a little tricky when you're editing, uh, but but it sounded pretty good. Um, I've heard from a lot of the parents of the kids who participated, and they had nothing but kind words and appreciation, so thank you for that. Um, yeah, it's, you know, I feel like this podcast, for us, uh, has been one of the bright points of our summer, because, at least for me, I can say, like, I, I've really enjoyed doing this almost every week this summer with you kids. It's been so really busy yeah usually like on a regular summer we do like two or three episodes yeah. <laughs> because we're just always going somewhere doing something but yeah we're stuck at home like everybody else uh for the most part so yeah and it feels good so to start hear your own podcast <laughs> yeah why not yeah. i mean even though school's starting in like two weeks <laughs> right uh but it feels good to hear that we have listeners who kind of feel the same way and they have appreciated this podcast this summer so Especially. thank you thank you for letting us know that Especially this summer? It's key, yeah, right, especially. Right. right. And it's and keeping us all busy, like all, all three of us, but mostly you. Because, mostly me. Because you have to edit for like three hours a night, some nights. He edited a lot for that last episode. <laughs> the Zoom episode? You shouldn't make our listeners feel bad about making them edit. Jeez. <laughs> no, I, we all knew. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he was knew be he was going to edit a lot. Yeah, that's okay. That's good. Um, I enjoy doing it. And... Uh, yeah, so thank you again to all of the kids who participated last week, and thank you to all of the kids' parents who helped make it happen. So thanks for letting us have your kids for an hour and a half. It was fun. All right, so today, this week, we are going to do part four of Duel of the Fates. Uh, this will not be the end. Uh, we're not going to finish it today, but we are uh, maybe going to be finishing it in part five. Not quite maybe. sure yet. So... Uh, this is, of course, our dramatic reading of Duel of the Fates, which is the unused script for episode nine, written by Colin Trevorrow and Derek Derek Connolly. Uh, when we last left off, Finn and Rose are on Coruscant. They have escaped the Jedi Temple, uh, because ties were attacking. But Rose uh, fell down. Rose fell down. Finn ended up, you know escaping to some skyscraper thing uh we don't know what happened to rose yet uh the signal that they were starting up in the temple uh kind of got out to the universe but then it was cut short by kylo who used the force to stop a radio signal uh and he also sucked the life force out of torvalum the ancient sith which was well, how he had the dark side master to stop it. i think so i think so uh and he is going to mortis and Ray, 
is also going to Mortis. Uh, she is now on the Knife Nine because all of the Knights of Ren, I think all of them have been killed. I'm not guess, sure. Guess who, guess, guess which one died. Except for Kylo Ren. The first. Guess which one died, like, super easily, and they didn't even put up a fight. Laurel. Who? Laurel. So scary. Lorelai Gilmore Wren. Uh, Oh my gosh. I know this is a Gilmore Girls podcast. This is is becoming a Gilmore Girls podcast. Oh my gosh. The last episode of Gilmore Girls. I just finished season four. Mm, Season four finale. It was a roller coaster. (laughs) Oh my gosh. If you watched, you know what I'm talking about. Anyway. (laughs) Uh... Which probably, actually, nobody has watched. <laughs> this isn't Gilmore's Star Wars of the Force. and Gilmore Girls are very, very uh, different things. Well, you keep bringing up Lorelai Gilmore so that I keep thinking of Gilmore Girls. It's Gilmore not my Children fault. of the Force. All right. Uh, Gilmore Children of Stars Hollow. No, that's too far. Okay. Um, Star too Wars far. Are Ooh, a Stars Hollow podcast. A Star Wars Hollow podcast? Anyway, <gasps> yeah. okay. Um, yeah. The life of so Ray so is also going to Mortis to confront Kylo uh, after she mind tricked Poe to leave her. So that's where we are. She Let's... knew it was good for Poe to be with the man. She did. Mm-hmm. She did the good thing. She knew it. Yep, that's it. That's why. Okay. I was talking. Oh wait, I was oh, talking wait. to my friends, yeah, yeah. and uh, I was talking about how in the other version of episode nine, Poe and Ray are together, and I was like, "That's just not right." And they were like, "What happened in episode nine again?" And I was like, "Okay, well, I guess <laughs> I can't talk about that." One. <laughs> They've only seen it once. They've only seen it once. Who's only seen it once? Maybe they forgot it. My friends. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, it's okay. We're in our own little world, our own little Star Wars bubble yeah. here. Leia looks out. It's all right. Okay. That means we need to start now. Yes. Oh, okay. When I start reading. When you start reading The it. next part, that means, okay, stay on target. Okay, let's stay, stay on, on target. target. Stay on target. Okay, Back so. Barbies while you're there. So the last we saw, Kylo uh, hung up on Hux. Uh... <laughs> And set the new coordinates manually and blasted into light speed. And now on the Eclipse Destroyer's bridge, Leia looks out at the blue swirl of hyperspace. Connix says, General, General, we're approaching the rendezvous point. Leia makes a decision. Prepare an Imperial shuttle. I'll need a valid code clearance. But we're light years from... Leia gives Connix the look. Yes, General. Connix exits, leaving Leia alone. She removes the General's bars from her robes, pulls a hood over her head. The voice of Luke says, He's in pain. She responds to Luke as if he speaks to her often. I feel it too. Luke's force ghost steps forward at her side. He'll soon be more powerful than our father. So will she. She feels too much. Love, anger. Don't we all? This is why the Jedi live in isolation. The pain of loss only leads to the dark side. I've lost everything and everyone, but I'd still choose to love. Leia regards her brother, missing him. Trust her instincts. 
She may not follow the path of the Jedi, but she's our only hope. On Coruscant, underground, at night, Finn sneaks out of the skyscraper, bleeding, disoriented. Voices echo, flashlights searching for him, bearings lost. Down the alley, stormtroopers on ATLTs, single rider walkers, scan the dark with floodlights. A small light up ahead, he ducks into shadow. A stormtrooper, RK-514, approaches, scanning the tunnel with his blaster-mounted flashlight. Finn appears behind him, shoves a handheld device in the back of his neck, and stuns him. The stormtrooper collapses. Finn confiscates his weapon and holds him at blaster point. Finn says, Look at me. The stormtrooper moans, half-conscious. Take off your helmet. The trooper follows the order. His eyes are scared, disillusioned, vulnerable. What do you remember? How far back? Huh? Do you remember when you were taken? Remember your parents? I... I don't know. Yeah, you do. You remember everything. Conditioning camp, blind fires... It was training. That's what they tell you. Finn's face finds the light. RK-514 recognizes him. You're him! The traitor! That's right. We're brothers. All of us. Finn tosses the stormtrooper's helmet out of reach. Give me your comm link. RK-514 hands him his first order comm. It's not what they said it would be, is it? The things we're ordered to do, it's not right. RK-514 takes that in, torn, breaking. You had a name once. Do you remember it? He shakes his head no. Get a name, that's the first step. Finn shoulders RK-514's blaster and kicks open a sewer grate. Then what? Find something worth fighting for. Finn drops into the dark sewer, leaving RK-514 changed. In the Inquisition Chamber of the First Order Capital, Chancellor Hux stands over a prisoner strapped to a vertical torture rack. Rose. Are you comfortable? Yeah, I have one of these at home. You changed the stolen destroyer's signature code so we couldn't trace it. Give me the new codes. You know, they told me pick something easy to remember, like Life Day, but... You think this is funny? Very well. Hux holds out his hand, shuts his eyes, concentrating deep. Are you... are you trying to use the force on me? Be quiet. Oh no, see, you're not special. I mean, at all. Shut up. He calms his fury, restraining himself. We have other ways to extract information. Hux opens a blast door to reveal an electric torture device. New tech, built to work quickly. Rose braces for a more painful kind of defiance. This is, um, this is, a uh, this is, I'd rate this, like, almost as good as, uh, Poe and Hux's scene. You know, the funny one? Oh, yeah. It's almost as funny yeah, as yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. um, it is so weird that Hux is trying to use the Force so hard. I know. I know. <laughs> and, like, he's showing people, too. Yeah, like, he just like, shows them. Like, you've never been able to do it. Why would you try it on a Resistance member? <laughs> yeah. They're just going to make fun of you. Uh, all right. Um, hmm. Now we are on a planet called Oliforn. Hmm. All right. Uh, outside on Oliforn, Dawn. Leia's shuttle descends among plumes of earth-hued steam shooting up like skyscrapers from surface cracks. 
Aliens soak in sulfur baths, sweating from the steam. On the Olifhorn village street, a trio of drunken First Order officers stumble down a side street on leave. Two hold up the blitzed third, singing. Blitzed means that they're very drunk, and they're singing. First Order officer says, Sing it how my mother sang it. (laughs) (laughs) This podcast is supposed to be rated G. (laughs) Fine. First Order officer says, Sing it how my mother sang it. (laughs) It should be more like, Sing how my mother sang it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to do it one time without laughing, though. You know, for the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. First Order officer says... Sing it how my mother sang it. A white-robed figure walks past them. We glimpse Leia's face as she maneuvers through the enemy's midst. She eyes an unmarked door lit by a single lamp. When the coast is clear, she heads in. In the Olforn Cabaret Club. Classy, smoke-filled, lampshades on every table. No customers left, only alien servers cleaning up and cashing out. A slovenly band manager divides up credits between a pair of quad-armed zectos at the two pianos on stage. The servers leave their night's take to be counted by the owner, Lando Calrissian. Seventy, smooth as ever. Leia's shadow falls over the pile of credits. Leia says, A man in his element. Lando looks up, smiles big. Leia! Lando is quickly on his feet. Brings her hand to his lips. All right, all right. The band manager eyes them from the stage. You shouldn't be seen here. For your sake or mine? Both. In a private lounge, Lando pours a warm cup of tea. The clientele are mostly first order, but what can I do? The grip of this empire is tighter than the last. Smuggling's a matter of life and death. I need your help. Leia. We need ships, pilots. You know every smuggler in the galaxy. I promised Han I'd take care of you. If something happened... Oh, you'd take care of me? I know, you deserve better, but helping your new friends crash into the First Order's machine isn't what he would have wanted. Lando, the galaxy needs you. Lando eyes something of concern on the cabaret floor. A trio of stormtroopers talking to that skeezy band manager. They look up in Lando's direction. He takes Leia's hand and heads for a private elevator. Remind me never to make promises. In a docking bay on Oliforn, Lando brings Leia to her shuttle, ready for departure. You need to go. I can't protect you here. Come with me. Fight with us. We won a war once already. What good did that do? We proved it could be done. Leia, I'd do anything for you. Lando puts a loving hand on Leia's cheek, leans forward, and kisses her tenderly on the forehead. I'm sorry. Leia watches Lando grow small as the shuttle flies away, his cape dusting behind him. Ray, help us. In deep space, Ray drops out of lightspeed to find herself in swirling clouds, half red, half blue, an ominous and violent atmosphere surrounding a black circle, the galactic void. Suddenly, the navigational equipment blinks out. The ship rattles, alarms sound. Ray braces herself, recalculates for light speed, and makes the jump into the void. The stars streak into infinite straight lines ahead, then twist and bend as she passes through the black hole. Ray's face becomes an echo of itself 
in 15 places at once, like the Mirror Cave on Octo. Uh, and then there are nearly subliminal flashbacks. So she's having these flashbacks of Finn taking her hand on Jakku, Han Solo handing her a blaster on Takadana, Kylo reaching into her mind on Starkiller Base, Leia smiling fondly on her return to Dakar, Luke taking the lightsaber on Octo, Snoke snarling at her in the moments before his death, Poe yelling out her name on Bonadan, Hataska Wren's force-electrified mask, until it all stops. Ray opens her eyes. There is a planet ahead. No stars visible around it, only deep black. Heavy clouds swirl over one-third. Another third is a rich green, another orange and red. Suddenly the power drops out. Lights on the dashboard go dark. The ship goes into a freefall. Okay, what? That's Mortis? Mortis isn't a planet, it's that... I know. Pyramid thing in space. What? I'm so confused. Oh, well, whatever. On Mortis, the western woods in the daytime, Knife Nine skims over treetops and crash lands in a riverbed. Tiny fish leap out of the water and run away. Well, they actually, like, leap out of the water onto land and run away. That's funny. (laughs) Ray pries herself out of the wreckage and sloshes to land. She looks back at the smoking ship. No turning back. She hikes into the leafy forest, summer turning to fall at an accelerated pace around her. Well, I remember that part. Mm-hmm, that did happen. The trees clear to a steep ledge, a towering mountain ahead, a temple barely visible at the summit. The valley below is alive with autumnal oranges, yellows, and reds. She journeys on. On the eastern plateau of Mortis, Kylo's silencer lands in a clearing of dead trees, No leaves on the branches, covered in snow. He looks up at the mountain ahead. Visibility is low. A natural stone bridge over a deep precipice. Tall granite on either side, vaguely shaped into primitive faces. It feels like a gate. A whisper on the wind swirls around him, fluttering his cape in the air. The force is strong here. He journeys on. Sounds about right. Wow. Okay. Ray, sound, uh, Ray lands in a pretty forest with fish mm-hmm. that walk in a pond. Yep. And Kylo <laughs> lands in a, in a plateau. A barren yeah, wasteland. Full yeah. of uh, yeah, <laughs> dead animals and <laughs> trees with no leaves. Back on Coruscant, on the Imperial Boulevard, dawn, empty, silent. R2-D2 and C-3PO emerge from an abandoned building. Two small figures swallowed by the desolate urban landscape. R2 beeps. I agree, R2. We may not survive this time. A shadow falls over them both. A battalion of First Order transports descend through the morning mist. They touch down, releasing an army of brute troopers. Thick, muscular mercenary enforcers, chrome armor and masks reminiscent of Phasma. These guys make the stormtroopers look like the neighborhood watch. Who wrote this? <laughs> we know who wrote this. Who wrote this? <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay. Who did these guys write? Who these guys write again? Okay, I'm gonna what be completely honest. Again? I would rather Jurassic World. And, I'm gonna be know. completely honest. I would rather read a Star Wars script by Trevor Noah. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, me too. A starship by Trevor Noah would be great. That would be awesome. That's, that'd be great. Uh, ouch. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> Sorry. I mean, like, it's just this is not Star Wars. It's, well, yeah. I mean, like, some of it is. But I mean, just, you, you know, know, this is this was not, like, the movie wouldn't have been exactly like this, right? This is, like, an earlier right. draft, and, yeah. Anyway. Yeah, it probably, probably wouldn't have called the Brute the Troopers. Mortis thing to actually <laughs> be Mortis. Yeah, and they wouldn't too. call the Brute Troopers, like, it wouldn't say in it that they look like the Neighborhood Watch. So, yeah. I mean, like, I guess that'd be okay. Maybe. It's yeah, that's right. Script. That's right. Uh, <laughs> because this isn't like... Also, the Brute Troopers smell like really cheap cologne. <laughs> <laughs> brute is a cheap cologne for men. Anyway, <laughs> the Brute Troopers... Okay, okay hold on. <clears throat> Inside a tenement block, Dawn, that's like apartment buildings kind of... The Brute Troopers bark orders, flashing lights and weapons as families are forced from their homes... A horrified, waist-high Chadrafan begs for mercy. Beak, beak, nah. A brute trooper shoves his rifle into the alien's stomach, uh. doubling him over. A trio of infants wail from their perch on the ceiling. No! Oh. No, it's sad. A few nearby stormtroopers look at one another, disturbed by the violence. Next level vicious. The brute troopers push frightened citizens into prison crafts. Children are separated from their parents, herded into transports en route to the conditioning camps. Well, I wonder what this was based yeah, this on. Isn't, yeah, I was mm. right. This is not Star Wars. This is definitely this not is, Star this Wars. Is this real is real life. life. <sighs> they scream, reaching through steel bars as the crafts rise. Yeah, I don't know if I honestly like I I'm I'm not sure if I would want that. It's just it's a little bit too on the nose. Yeah. Although this was written this was written before Trump ordered Advice. children to be pulled from their parents as they crossed really? the border. Yeah. Yeah, it was. So they probably would have changed it. I'm assuming it was. But yeah, it was. It was. All right. They scream, reaching through steel bars as the crafts rise. R2-D2 and C-3PO watch in horror as it plays out around them. I can't watch. How horrible. R2 beeps melancholy. We'll never find Master Finn now. In the sewer underground, sludge water spurts out of multiple chutes into a gelatinous sewer cake of repulsive, mysterious contents. Finn jets out of a chute and splashes down, sputtering. Ugh. A pack of sewer womp rats feed on the refuse encased in the gelatinous mass. One approaches and sniffs, hideous whiskers brushing his face. Finn tries to dislodge his arms from the gel. Hey, get away! Ugh. It takes a lick of his face before he can pull an arm out and swat it away. The womp rats scatter. Then he sees why the rats scattered. The colossal gryok. A white eyeless larva the width of the tunnel it's emerging from it feeds on the sewage gaping mouth slowly sucking the gelatinous mass into its body oh no 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 finn dislodges himself enough to get stuck again the gryok closes in slowly as the sludge he's stuck in this is the worst of bad nightmares the Gryok's jaws open, dripping saliva, teeth like knives. Just as Finn is about to get eaten by this thing, a hatch above him opens, pouring light. 
It's Dade. Give me your hand. Finn grabs the kid's hand and pulls himself up into the hatch just as the Gryok chomps down. Finn collapses, shaking, traumatized for life. That was so many disgusting things all at once. I've seen worse. He offers his hand to shake. Dade. Just one name? What's wrong with that, Finn? You know me? We've been tracking you since you landed. We? A distant screeching sound. What was that? You don't want to find out. Come on. Dade shows Finn his resistance ring. Trust me. Uh-huh. <gasps> Is Dade that's Brush the, guy? That's the boy from the... Is Dade Brush? Broom boy? Broom no, boy? No. no. That guy's Tamari. Tamari Blag. But maybe he's, you know, maybe he uh, knows of them or, you know, same kind of idea. Yeah. But he's the guy, he's the boy from the beginning, right? Yeah. How did yeah. he get yeah. a ring? I don't know. There was a boy in the beginning? He was the one who was witnessing the execution at the toward the beginning of the movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the dude. Yep. All right. Uh, Finn follows Dade down a tight tunnel, boots splashing in the shallow water, light up ahead. Burst order purged a ten-mile radius around the capital after the galaxy went dark. Took most able bodies to the conditioning camps. Did anyone escape? Just us. Dade opens a rusty door to reveal an abandoned underground prison. Hundreds of compartment-like dwelling units connected by catwalks to a central control tower. Living here, a thousand escaped citizens, aged 12 to 60. Finn is stunned. How many people are down here? 10,000, maybe more. You have weapons? Whole city's got weapons. That's what they're afraid of. A million of us rise up. The First Order's finished. Finn lets that idea burrow deep. You're right. He's caught up, fervent, brave. This revolution starts here, right now. Sure, all we need is ships, weapons, an army. Finn looks out at the massive underground cavern of humanity. A thousand faces, waiting for a leader. We have one. Finn eyes the old prison command tower in the center. Uh, in the prison command tower, Finn kicks open the door and fires up the comm system. He looks out at the downtrodden faces. My name is Finn. I bring a message from the resistance. An older woman exits her cell, tired and worn, kept down by this war since the Rebel Alliance days. The First Order rules by fear. They build ships to intimidate us, wear masks to frighten us, but they're the ones who are scared. The older woman takes her wooden spoon and wraps it rhythmically against the bars of the old prison. This is not the time to hide underground. If we take the capital, the galaxy will join us. An alien joins, then another. Together we can strike back. Together we can resist. Hundreds, then thousands of people, clanking their possessions together in unison. Finn stands tall. From traitor to deserter to revolutionary leader, his journey has led to this. I do like Finn's arc in this movie. I do too. And, and I like I, Finn's arc also. I wish that Finn had more of an arc in The Rise of Skywalker. So and Rose too. Yeah. Yeah, Rose barely yep. had any yep. time at all. This movie does do Finn and Rose a little better, I think. Yeah. Um, I love how Finn just like turned that guy. Like he just turned yeah. one stormtrooper. 
Yeah. No, imagine if you said all of that over a calm to like a million. Imagine how many would just be like, oh, wait, I'm not doing the right thing. Maybe. And also, like, I like how the stormtroopers we saw later when they were they were like clearing that one family out that some of the stormtroopers were like, what are we doing? You know, like, it seems like maybe this idea is spreading. Like, what's going on here? Why are we falling? You know, so. Yeah. That is something, yeah, a lot of people wish that Finn would have led a Stormtrooper Rebellion. That would have been cool. Yeah, I think that would have been nice to see. All right, back to Mortis on the western cliffs. Ray scales the icy peak, blasted by wind and sleet. She reaches a plateau, finds her footing. There are statues of robed ancients here, not Jedi. A storm of snow dust obscures her vision. Voices echo. Suddenly, she's back in the bright, warm sands of the Jakku Desert. Wind sweeps over the dunes. A child's voice screams out. Through the storm of sand, a little girl is dragged away from her mother and father. It's young Ray. at the moment her parents abandoned her. The little girl screams, reaching out her hand. Come back! Wait! Ray steps toward them, feet digging in the sand. Wait. The mother breaks from the father's grasp and runs toward young Ray, but the father holds her back. No, we can't. It's too dangerous. The mother relents, calls to her daughter, heartbroken. Stay here. Wait for us. We'll come back. Understand? I promise. We'll come back. Young Ray screams. Ray's watery eyes match her younger self as the ship rises, casting a shadow over them both. The sandstorm kicks up. Obscuring them, it turns from yellow sand to snow. Ray catches her breath, devastated. They were afraid. Why were they afraid? No response. Only wind. Luke, tell me, why were they afraid? He doesn't answer. She grows furious, screams. Her lightsaber flashes as she cuts an ancient statue in half. It falls, cracks in half. She looks up at the temple above, anger burning in her eyes. Meanwhile, in the eastern forest, Kylo hikes through winter. Glimpses of the temple break through the canopy above. Suddenly the wind dies. There's something ahead. A house in the woods. Smoke from the chimney. His younger self, Ben Solo, approaches the house. He wears all black robes, a hood. This is clearly some kind of force-induced vision, a sign of this planet's strength. Kylo watches from the shadows as Ben nears the house. When he puts his hand on the iron door handle, it opens. Han Solo stands in the doorway. He looks at his son with sadness and fear. What are you doing, Ben? That's not my name anymore. Your mother can't see you here. Not like that. Ben pulls his hood down. He's maybe 17. I'm not coming back. There's a greater destiny for me. They're lies, son. Empty promises. You have everything you need right here. What? You? Her? My master says I have unequaled power. Neither of you understand. Your mother understands more than anyone. She sent me away. To learn. To grow. I have grown. Kylo watches Han approach his son, strikingly similar to their confrontation on the catwalk on Starkiller Base. Your mother loves you. She's afraid of me. Han eyes the lightsaber in Kylo's hand. Give me the lightsaber, son. Han reaches for the lightsaber. You know I can't. 
on the Starkiller base catwalk. Kylo is back in the moments just before he killed his father. He watches as he plunges the blade through Han Solo. His father's eyes full of love, even as the life drains from him. In the Mortis Eastern Forest, Kylo, disturbed and shaken, alone again in the snow. Determined, he takes his first steps up the mountain. Wow, so maybe Harrison Ford would have been back in the, in this movie, too. Maybe. Hmm. Back and at, Lando would have also. Oh, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. Back at the Coruscant streets, dawn, empty, silent. R2-D2 and C-3PO emerge from a side street. Two small figures, swallowed by the desolate urban landscape. R2 beeps. I agree, this isn't the Coruscant I remember. A shadow falls over them both. A towering ATMT walker rounds onto the boulevard. They watch it pass, dwarfed by it. It stops, a smoking, charred First Order tank in its path. C-3PO and R2-D2 look on, curious. In the ATMT walker, the pilots look down at the burning tank. Any life forms? Nope. Meanwhile, in an abandoned building, Finn and a hundred people's resistance fighters hunker down inside this empty building. The ATMT's head is positioned just below them outside. Now! Floor-mounted grappling guns fire hooks that stick into the opposite building, creating several zip lines over the ATMT. Finn clips on a carabiner. Twenty resistance fighters swing onto the ATMT like pirates boarding a ship. Finn drops onto the top of the ATMT's body. Dozens more land beside him. They run along its back to the head. A resistance fighter cuts through the hatch with a vibrasaw. Vibrasaw. Let's no. go. Why did they? Yeah. Why did they make this movie? Vibrasaw. Why did they have to make the other movie? <laughs> why did they make this one? <laughs> oh goodness. Okay. <laughs> I feel oh, like you I don't even it. care about Vibroblades that much, and I don't even hate Vibroblades <laughs> that much. It's just an ongoing thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I just like Vibroblades. Finn tosses a shock detonator inside. Clear! An electric flash within. The pilots slump over the controls. Finn drops in, pushes the pilots aside, takes the helm. A familiar alien, Six Eyes, takes the co-pilot seat. Is this like Six Eyes from Solo? The six-eyed alien from Solo the, that plays Sabacc? Hmm. <laughs> Weird. Don't know. Well, I mean, there's probably more than that kind of I alien. know, but it says a familiar alien. No, I don't but, know. I guess, <laughs> but would it mean, like, familiar to Finn? <laughs> I don't know. Because Finn wasn't there. No. Weird. Load up. The side panels of the walker slide open, allowing the resistance fighters to repel into the cavity. More armed citizens pour out of the alleys to escort the small beast as it walks down the boulevard, knocking aside the flip tank as it passes. A pair of tie choppers zip around the corner and square off against the ATMT. The walker blasts them out of the sky. Take that, tie choppers. Yeah. We don't even know what you are. In the Inquisition chamber hallway at night, Hux paces... In the next room, Rose screams in pain between electric jabs and shocks. Commander Selick says to Hux, Chancellor, there has been an insurrection. Word is spread to other districts. Decimate them. Sir, the leader is a former FN unit. He was aided by a regiment of our own. 
Hux twitches. Impossible. We're dispatching additional units to address the revolt. No, no. Recall the FN units from active duty. Sir? If there is a flaw in their programming, we must correct it. Deploy more brute troopers. Those mercenaries are undisciplined and expensive. Perhaps money is all that inspires loyalty anymore. Do it. In the interrogation chamber, Rose's eyes are sunken, clothes ripped, blood peeking through the torn fabric. She hears commotion, the barking of orders. Two officers enter in a hurry. Transfer to cell block six. They want her in maximum security. One officer releases her from the rack. She slumps forward, dead weight. They drag her toward the door. As they move, Rose opens her eyes, eyeing the electric taser on the officer's hilt. When they reach the door, she hits the lights. She grabs the taser, shocks them both, clamps both their wrists to the iron shackles. So long, boys. Rose shuts the door behind her, leaving the two unconscious officers in there alone. Yeah. Playing Rose is fun. <laughs> I love every line that comes out of her mouth. <laughs> the ATMT turns the corner onto Imperial Boulevard. Inside, Finn stokes revolt via loudspeaker. We will no longer live in silence. Gather your weapons, rise up, strike back. Finn squints out the window at a gold droid wandering among the cheering revolutionaries, unsure how he got there. 3PO? Finn climbs out of the ATMT hatch for a better look. Suddenly, he's yanked upwards. A brute trooper lifts him out of the hatch and throws him onto the back of the walker. He says, What's that smell? <laughs> Finn is locked in a fist fight on the back of a moving walker, 50 feet off the ground. Finn takes brutal hits from the brute trooper's steel gloves. It's like fighting a medieval knight with his bare hands. A power <laughs> A powerful tackle, and they both roll off the edge of the moving walker. Slam, they land on the brute trooper's back. He keeps fighting, unharmed. Finn spots the walker's foot coming down on them. They roll away just as it lands. The brute trooper grabs a fallen blaster, puts a heavy foot on his chest, aims for Finn's heart. Last words, FN-2187. Suddenly, laser fire takes him out. Finn looks up at a unit of stormtroopers. The leader takes off his helmet, extends his hand. It's RK-514. He lifts Finn to his feet, hands him a blaster. RK-514 says, Rafe. I like it. The other stormtroopers take off their helmets and throw them aside. Diverse faces with a new purpose. Freedom. Yay! Yay! Uprising! Woo! Woo! Yeah! Yeah! On the Eclipse Destroyer's bridge, Connix escorts Leia to a terminal. The message is from a First Order transmitter. Finn is alive. He has an army ready to storm the capital. They need reinforcements. Leia says, All we have is what's on this ship. You can't win a war with a hundred pilots. To which Poe replies, Plus one. Chewbacca growls. Sorry, plus two. <laughs> BB-8 beeps. Okay, I get it. Leia's face falls from relief to dread. Where's Ray? She went on alone. Her choice, not mine. What about the others? We lost contact with Rose. BB-8 beeps sadly. 
Finn is alive. He says he has an army on the ground. Then we put our pilots in the sky and back them up. What? This is what we've been waiting for. If we take the capital, we can destroy that jammer and call the galaxy to war. They'll kill millions. I've seen it. It's too reckless. Resistance is reckless. Passion is the greatest weapon we have. Poe appeals to Leia, their history together laid bare. The rebels fought the Empire and won. You showed us it could be done. But that was your war. This one's ours. Let us fight it. Leia looks out at the Resistance fleet, young, ready. Set a course for Coruscant. Ready all weapons and attack ships. This is a full assault. In the Eclipse Destroyer docking bay, Resistance soldiers load into transports. Pilots lower their droids into place. Urban assault vehicles roll into the open cargo hold of massive, heavy transports. The Eclipse tacks toward a distant point. The hyperdrive fires, rocketing the massive craft deep into space. At the Temple of Mortis, Kylo Ren ascends the steps to a sealed stone door. The temple is cut into the mountaintop. Uninterpretable carvings, runes, and statues allude to a civilization and knowledge long lost. He reaches out. The door bends to his will and opens. A millennium of dust spills from its cracks. But he does not enter. He knows he's not alone. I knew you'd come. Kylo turns to face Rey. His mask surprises her. She's only seen the projection of his ideal self in their connections. Not this. The force is strong in this place. Can you feel it? A low rumble. She's digging into his mind. You're in pain. Beneath that mask. Get out of my head. You won't like what you find. He force pushes her back. Her feet slide back a few inches. But she withstands it. Steadfast. I'm stronger than Anakin Skywalker. Stronger than his son. But you're still afraid. Of what? You? Of what you've become. The dark side has left you empty. Alone. I don't have to be alone. With the power of this place, we could rule the galaxy as the ancients did. The dark side and the light. You think I still join you? After what you did to my family? Kylo falters a bit. Were you going to tell me here? Weaken me with the truth? I know what you did. Deep down, I've always known. She circles him like a lion. My parents didn't sell me for drinking money. They were hiding me from you. So you remember. Flash to the nights of Ren in the rain. The image from Ray's force vision when she first touched the lightsaber. A distant child screams. Kylo continues. Snoke made his orders clear. Find anyone who could destroy him. It didn't take us long to find you. You killed my parents. You blame me for your life on Jakku? You should thank me for it. You were safe. Say it! Did you kill them? I did. A blast of powerful energy explodes around her, clearing the Temple Mount of loose rocks. You murdered Han Solo. I'm not here for you, Ray. Millions of people. All I want is behind that door. Ray ignites her dual lightsaber. Then you'll have to kill me. Kylo lights his own saber. I know. Kylo attacks. They clash on the steps of the temple, both far more powerful than the last time they met. 
one of these two will not survive. In space, outside of Coruscant, the eclipse appears from light speed. The city glows beneath. First Order Sentinel ships protect the capital from space. Uh, in the Eclipse Destroyer, Leia spins around in the chair once occupied by Akbar. What? This is a different ship. She, does it just mean, like, the command chair? They imported Akbar's chair from... Anyway, whatever. <laughs> Leia says, Send the fleet to Planetfall. Surprise is the only advantage we have. In the docking bay, X-Wings and Razorcraft fighters speed out of the bay, followed by troop transports and cargo dropships. Poe races toward the Falcon. Chewie and BB-8 follow. Poe says, No! We don't have enough pilots. Get out there and do some damage. Chewie says, Poe says, I don't know. Pick one. Chewie looks around, spots an orange X-Wing, cocks his head. Oh, so he's saying, don't join me and go get in a ship. And, yeah. yeah. On the command deck at the First Order Capitol, Hux enters, overlooking the boulevard. Smoke rises between the buildings. Commander Selleck says, Chancellor, we've detected a ship in orbit. One of ours, but with an unrecognized signature codes. Hux says, it's the stolen eclipse. Summon all destroyers to the capital. We can end this uprising and eliminate the resistance in one triumphant day. And that... No. You have to say it now. You have to say, you have to say, it's the stolen eclipse. Summon all destroyers to the capital. (laughs) We can end this uprising. It's the stolen eclipse. (laughs) Summon all destroyers to the capital. (laughs) We can end this uprising and eliminate the resistance in one triumphant day. (laughs) (laughs) You sound like you're in Les Mis. Yeah, it's totally it. (laughs) Red, the color of the last Jedi. (laughs) Red is the color of the last Jedi, though. Yeah, the color of the rise of Skywalker. Yep. <laughs> All right. So that's where we're gonna leave off. Battle of Coruscants. Brown, the color of Hux's Force skills. <laughs> <laughs> his Force skills are brown. They're saying his Force skills are. Oh wow. All right. Well, I think yeah, we might be able to get get through it in the next one. Maybe. It's, you know, it's the it's the climax, right? Yeah. Rising action, and then How the far down next are we? episode oh, is yeah, the climax. Yeah, yeah. We'll see. We might record a long episode the next time we do it, yeah. and we'll just finish da, it. Da, yeah. da, no da, da. We'll da. have an early lunch oh, and start okay. right after lunch. Sorry. <laughs> that was fun. Thank you for listening to episode 172 of Children of the Force. And as always, thank you to those who support us over on patreon.com slash children of the force. Your support allows us to do this podcast and to make it better. If you'd like to reach out to us online in other ways, you can contact us via Twitter. At Force Children. On Facebook, we are. Children of the Force. Our email address is. Forcechildren at gmail.com. Our website is. Childrenoftheforce.com. And head on over to speakpipe.com slash children of the force and leave us a voicemail that we'd love to play on the show. Or you can just record a voice memo and email it to us also. Uh, And finally, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or anywhere else you listen to us really does help the show get into more people's ears. For Children of the Force, I'm Al. I'm Anna. I'm Liam. And 